0: hey guys so this week was pretty shitty week it it just was there was lots of things that happened in it and you know none of them were necessarily bad to the point of me like crying or going into a deep depression but like they were just shitty things that kept happening like not the entire week obviously but just little things all throughout the week. So, for example, on Monday... Well, actually, let's start from Sunday. Sunday of last week, I had a case that was honestly one of my hardest cases. One, it was two children. It was my first, like, multiple children case in a very long time. And because the two children were home and... I didn't know much about the home or them, and the parents didn't necessarily give me any information. They kind of just said, well, make sure they don't die. And um, I did that for sure, but I didn't know necessarily what else to do. And they were just very rambunctious kids, and I had already worked a very, very long, long shift the day before and the two days before that. So I was just tired overall. And every single day this week has been a very long commute because most of the cases are in Manhattan or deep in Manhattan, I should say. And I live in Brooklyn. So it was just annoying struggling with the train. Every morning, it was just a different issue. Like one day the train would be this thing or Google told me to take this route. Or the next day, it would be a completely different train, but going on the same route, and I wouldn't know, so I got on the wrong train. Like, it was just always something, always something. Like, I ran for a bus, missed two of them, then got on the bus, and it's turned out to be the wrong bus. Like, it was terrible, terrible, terrible NYC commu- commuting times. Um, but other than that, like... I just really wanted some ice cream this week and I never got it like I went and took a whole day went and tried to venture out after a day at work and I went all the way to Atlantic Avenue to try and see if I can get some ice cream Cold specifically not sponsored but it should be and They were closed. Like, there was no one in the store. And I had a got out, like, not even like, oh, I walked up from the train. Like, you know, if you're not used to New York in Atlantic Mall, you could just go up from the train station into the mall. I didn't even do that because it was closed off. I walked outside, walked around, then went to the front main entrance for nothing. And I wasted so much time trying to go there it was really gonna be the highlight of my day like I was super excited for it and just did not work out for me and then like towards the end of the week when work was finishing one only like a really good thing about this week is I met this baby because it was like a part of my case and honestly man I love that little girl she was amazing and she's like a very small baby, like a real baby baby, not even one yet. And she's just perfect. She's very, you know, she wasn't calm at all, which is fine with me because I personally enjoy the crazy kids. I love when they get all wild and energetic because that means they take hard-ass, long-ass naps. And we we love naps. As a babysitter, naps are our pride and joy because that's the one time... I'm not running around chasing this child and this one even though she couldn't run she swore she could always trying to get to the floor and do a bunch of craziness but I loved her she was so cute and she was very happy baby she would smile at everything it was so nice and easy to make her smile she would eat all her food like it was just a nice time and also she was like the cutest thing in the world like Oh my goodness, her mom really lucked out with that one. That baby is so beautiful. But that was really the only good thing that happened this week. Besides getting to see someone that I did want to see. And you know, hopefully I'll see him soon. But basically, towards the end of it, I had made plans. I had made plans and then I made backup plans. Just in case the first plans flopped. And then both of those plans flopped. I was trying to make backup backup plans and as I was making those plans it flopped as well like just it was just not a good not a good time for me man like it was just not fun which is fine because obviously not every day is fun not every week is fun not every month it's fun it's just you know I'm allowed to be sad when it isn't sometimes you got to remind yourself that you're allowed to feel all your feelings even if it's Unwarranted, even if you know the solution is there, even if it's not a big deal, you're still allowed to feel all your feelings because if you weren't, then you wouldn't feel them. Simple, I'm not saying always act on them because actions based on irrational feelings usually turn out bad, but you can have them, and if you need time, take it. But that was just a brief intro to this podcast just because I wanted to get off my mind I've been angry all week not necessarily angry I should change that I've been frustrated about a lot of different things all week and I didn't feel like complaining to my friends about it because one they were all very small and then two they just I don't know I don't I'm not the one to complain I'm usually the one people complain to and I feel weird like if I'm a therapist I'm not going to go to my client and tell them well shit I've been having a bad week too let me tell you my business like no so I just wanted to come here and generally speak on it and honestly I feel a little better now that I've gotten it out and I've spoken on how I actually feel and acknowledged it and just faced it I feel like I can move on properly I can I feel like I've properly released at least some of my frustrations and that's a good start at least but yeah this is just a different type of intro today I just wanted to start off by saying you know I'm happy that I'm still doing this didn't think it was gonna get this far not gonna lie to you I tend to quit a lot of things but I didn't quit this and I still enjoy it uh I don't know if I'm going to start making it a three-segment situation, depends on just how much I want to talk about that week, but more or less, I kind of just think about stuff throughout the day or while I'm on the train when I can't really talk to anyone, and then I try to hold on to the at least basic topic of it, and come back and tell you guys how I feel about it. So, that's what I'm going to do today, because two things that have been on my mind a lot lately are expectations and trauma and like how trauma you know relates to expectations and how expectations come from previous trauma how expectations can cause trauma just like how they're connected and how they're separate so you know we're gonna dive deeper into that hopefully i can just speak my mind maybe you'll get some advice from what i say if not then boom you just heard me speak and honestly that's a gift in itself um yeah so i'm excited to get started and be literally right back oh my god so really really short really really quick i just learned that You can send voice messages on here. And honestly, I was thinking about a way like how I could get, you know, the viewers, the listeners, the whatevers to send in questions or just like if they have a response to something that I've spoken about before. Maybe I can make that into like a segment, like a beginner segment of like previously on Kay Elizabeth, you know. These are the thoughts from you guys and just, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I definitely cannot wait to play around with that. And if you see that as an option, feel free. Like I just got my first one from my good friend Solo. Shout out to him. He's the best. And it made my freaking heart stop. Like I'm so happy about that. So please guys, if you want to, obviously no pressure, just if you wanna stop and drop me a message, whatever it may be, it could be literally anything. You can tell me to eat shit. And I just wanna I wanna see it. I wanna hear it. Honestly. Okay, yeah. Back to the show though. So first we're gonna start with expectations. Um expectations have always been something that everyone has them even when they say they don't they still do like everyone has or from my knowledge matter of fact let me just change that whole thing together talking about me here personally and from my experience people tend to have a idea of how they would want something to go like for example if you plan something for your birthday you're gonna have a general idea of how you would want the day or night to go you have a either a time schedule or a time frame or even if it's not a time thing just like you want this event to happen you want this component to be applied to that day that situation whatever so those are expectations you have expectations of everything of school of how your life will turn out of you know events of tv shows everything everyone has expectations of everything they could be low they could be high they just are things that you would maybe expect obviously not that they're not things that you always want to happen or at times like it's not always things that You don't even think that they may happen. It's just something that you would want. But they are expectations. And we put them on ourselves. We put them on people. We put them on things. We put them on everything. So just in case somebody's like, oh, you know, I don't really have expectations for anything. I just let life be. No, you don't. That's like kind of impossible. If you do, then that means you just don't think about anything that you do or anything that you want to want to do. Like that's kind of not that doesn't seem like the best life but hey if it's working for you do you uh but specifically I guess I want to dive deeper into expectations that we put on people like for example I'll probably end up using this example a lot spouses or like partners relationships in general like for romantic relationships so many people put either very high expectations or very like I want you to read my mind type of expectations like oh my gosh why would he not text me at this time telling me that he went home and even though you didn't necessarily tell him to you expect them to like you you just do and it happens to all of us it happens to the best of us oh like I would have expected you to want to go out for our bir- for Valentine's Day or something like that. Like, I would have expected you to ask me if I want food as well. Like, they're just expectations, big or small, that we place on people um, at all times. You know, it doesn't just happen with romantic relationships. It happens with friendships as well. Like, oh, I would have expected you to invite me to this... Event or I would have expected you to ask me before you ask this other person to go to this concert. It's just something that can seem so simple and so small, but in reality, it can become so harmful. One, like, I had a friend who, I don't know if this is her love language, but just knowing her and based on... You know, just knowing her, just knowing who she is as a person, I would say or like say that I believe her love languages could be quality time, gifts and acts of service. Obviously, you can have multiple because mine personally are physical touch, quality time. I'm not that big on gifts, mainly because they make me feel like I... I feel like you're just doing too much for me. Not in a bad way, just in the sense that, what if I can't repay you? Now, I look like a dickhead. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And that's not your fault. That's just purely on my insecurities, which I gotta work on. But, you know, we're all growing. And basically, I believe that her partner... Again, I did not ask. I do not know. But I feel like her partners were probably maybe quality time, physical touch, maybe just words of affirmation, probably. That would make a lot of sense now that I think about it. But, you know, either way, they just weren't. They did not share the same love languages. So a lot of the times she would get mad. That her partner was not always trying to help her out with something, or she would ask for something, and her partner would make her feel like she's asking for too much. So she would just make sure that she was clear and honest and open and talk about it, but the partner would not understand like what do you mean why would you want that like why would I do all of that I'm not understanding because they just weren't on the same I feel like we tend to not really remember that people cannot like unless there's a secret society that I don't know about and if there is one why haven't you called but there's no one who can read minds like they, no one can read somebody else's mind at all like body language yes of course you can tell somebody's mood you can tell somebody's demeanor probably by their body language tone you know words they choose to say just the way that they're acting you can use context clues that aren't necessarily verbal to piece things together But reading someone's mind, uh, 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 nope, that's not been cracked yet. There's no code on that one. It just feels as if a lot of people want someone to either ask them what's wrong, even though they know what's wrong. They know that there is something wrong and they could easily just bring it up. They don't because they expect that person to either quote-unquote care about them that much or quote-unquote know them that much. But again, it's all subjective. Also, you know, something that comes with expectations or interferes with expectations, I should say, are love languages. Uh, A lot of times in relationships, people don't realize that their partner does not have the same love language as them uh if you don't know i'll educate you real quick the five love languages are physical touch quality time words of affirmation gifts and acts of service so like for example Physical touch is pretty self-explanatory. Physical touch doesn't always have to be, like, sexual or anything like that. Just, like, hugging or, like, you know, random poking or cuddling. Like, those things. Quality time, another self-explanatory thing. You want to spend a lot of time with the person that you love because you love spending time with the person that you love because you love them. And the other one, acts of service. Acts of service could be anything from, you know... Oh, could you throw this out for me? To, hey, do you think you could take me all the way to Vermont just because I need to go pick something up? Like, it could be anything that you're doing as a selfless act for me. I'm not, that's not my love language, but I'm just gonna use me as an example. Anything that you're doing for me out of the kindness of your heart, simply because you know that I would appreciate it. I would enjoy that. It would convenience me. Just something that you're doing for me out of love. Um, There's uh, words of affirmation, also self-explanatory, just always reaffirming your partner, reassuring them that you love them, reassuring them that, you know, everything's okay. Or even just little compliments like, damn, babe, you got it going on, like something that'll help brighten their day lift their mood something that they can just play in the back of their head all day like wow my babe thinks i'm hot which means i'm popping and that's gonna get me through those are something and then the last one would be gifts another one self-explanatory you give someone gifts and or tokens of your appreciation they could be handmade they could be bought they can be expensive they could be cheap they could be a burger from mcdonald's it does not matter it just needs to be something that i see that you've put thought in to give to me because you love me simple as that and a lot of times people's love languages don't necessarily match up and it's not an issue because if that was the case then most relationships wouldn't work a lot of people have different interests in certain things based on certain things it's ridiculous to think that your partner would automatically share the same love language as you just because they're dating you and a lot of times it's a conversation that people don't necessarily have due to lack of knowledge about it or just oh never came up never thought about it things of that nature like it just could be anything really and um I feel like one thing that happens pretty often is that the mix match will be evident to one and not the other or one person will just completely not understand why this person isn't understanding why they're upset or why they would have expected something like that like it's just people tend to forget that people are different if you like something for example mindset they weren't on the same level in that sense and it was just interesting because it caused a rift in their relationship in the sense of always kind of miscommunicating by accident because that can happen a lot miscommunication doesn't always have to be like oh well you didn't understand what i was saying properly or like it could literally just be what why would that make you upset simple something just as simple as that because a lot of people when they're having arguments with people they don't even realize like their main issue of the whole thing the thing that's making it an argument is the fact that they're like why would you ever be mad about something so dumb like that or why would you ever assume that I would ever do something like that like it just it can be so damaging to a relationship when People don't communicate well or express why they're upset, which brings me back to people cannot read your mind. So if you're not communicating, that is still miscommunication. If you're not saying I might be a little annoyed right now and I want to talk about it, even if you don't want to talk about it you still have to tell the person that you're upset with or frustrated with that you are. Because if that person is going on this whole time thinking that you're fine and you want to drop these I'm fine hints over and over again, there's no indication for them to try and fix anything because they don't think anything is wrong. Unless you speak on it, it won't get fixed. And a lot of people that I've seen They try to kind of ignore it because it's like, well, if they're not speaking on it, it must not be a big deal. So it's my fault. Not true. Just because even if it isn't a big deal, just because it isn't doesn't mean it still doesn't affect you. Doesn't mean that you're still not entitled to a conversation about your feelings. Doesn't mean that it can't be fixed. Like there's just so many different ways to do many different things it doesn't always have to be black and white you just have to figure out what works best for you and for all my hotheads out there who probably will need a minute or seven million to cool down and be in a good enough headspace to calmly and rationally discuss things take that time but communicate that time say hey I'm upset with you right now honestly I need a minute before I can speak to you or else it's probably gonna get ugly and there's nothing that we can really talk about in a good healthy way with any real results if I'm going to speak to you feeling the way that I do right now so when I feel better I'll let you know but I'm upset as hell I don't even mean you have to be nice about it either. Because when I'm upset, I am not a nice person. Oof. The amount of people I've made cry. Just because. Don't fuck with me. Simple. And. I just feel like. For example. Let's say my friend and I. Are. Speaking. Just regularly. Having a regular conversation. And. They say something to me that makes me feel bad. Like, oh, like, (laughs) your voice sounds clogged up. Because I personally have a lot of insecurities about my voice. Uh, I have, you know, I should have had my adenoids taken out when I was younger. But that just didn't work out due to just life going the way that it does sometimes. And I sometimes... Or a lot of the time, I can sound really nasal and it can almost sound like I'm sick, which is another reason why I put off this podcast for so long. But it just, I've always been self conscious about my voice in videos, posting things, taking pictures. I just don't like my breathing. I don't like my voice. It's just a thing. So if somebody were to like bring something up about it that I, you know, didn't appreciate or made me feel a way, You know, at that very moment, I'm probably not going to bring it up, mainly because personally, I tend to second guess my feelings a lot, which is a problem, but I, you know, I do. I'm like, well, it's not a real issue because one I just don't necessarily believe that any of my issues are real issues because I'm not dying in the street somewhere but that's just me kind of downplaying my emotions which is also bad don't downplay emotions I'm a hypocrite but I'm working on it and you should too can't be too much of a hypocrite if you're working on it I guess um but yeah like let's say they said something about my voice and I just didn't really take to it if I sit there and I go, you know, I'll move on. Next thing you know, I I didn't say anything, so we roast. Roasting is a part of black culture, period. And they come, we in a roast session, we're talking, we're chopping it up, and then they say it again. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna feel terrible. I'm not gonna like it. That's just how life goes. I guess like you, I'm not gonna want to talk to you. My demeanor is going to change. I'm gonna get an attitude, maybe not like outrightly get attitude in your face. You'll know it when you see it type situation, but I'll probably start acting a little more passive aggressive. Maybe start getting a little snappy, getting a little smart. You'll tell something is definitely not way that it was before you said it but you won't really know what happened you'll just realize that I changed and because I never said anything the first time now you don't understand what's going on you just see that I've changed then you have to think about the fact that because I didn't say anything the first time they're getting upset because it seems as if I'm getting upset for zero reason nothing for me personally nothing gets me more upset than nonsense if you get upset at me for no reason at all i'm upset at you now for being a dumbass like i don't understand what if there's no reason then why would you make yourself why would you put yourself in a bad situation or mad mood for no reason it just doesn't make any sense to me and not making sense is nonsense and i don't tolerate that so if this person thinks that you just caught an attitude with them for zero reason then that's going to cause an issue now that person's mad now you're upset because why are you mad you're the one who hurt me they don't know that like knowledge is terrible Now i'll stand by that fact but it is also powerful you still need knowledge of some things to understand how things work if i don't know that it's an issue It'll stay an issue and it'll fester into a bigger issue. And every time they think about it or say something about it, like that's the thing. I saw another post the other day where it was like I told my mom something she had said to me back when I was 16 and she was shocked in disbelief. And she was like, I can't believe I said that. I don't even remember it because the person who was hurt is the one who usually remembers what the person who hurt them said. I'm not thinking about it. One, because I'm probably angry. I'm not remembering most of what I'm about to say. Two, it just, it, when, it, when something hurts you, you remember it. When something doesn't, it's not necessarily going to stick in your brain. So if a person says something and it hurts you, it's probably going to replay in your brain. So, if your spouse hurts you, then it's probably going to keep going. And no matter what, even if an inkling of something reminds you of that situation, you're going to start to feel away subconsciously because that's what your body does when it's angry. It feels away and it shows that and it expresses that. That's why a lot of people label, you know, getting angry for small, quote unquote, small things, anger issues. No, you're just a human being and you feel your emotions. Like, that doesn't mean anger issues don't exist. That doesn't mean that people with anger issues are invalid. But you just have to feel your emotions. It's not fun to feel them. Nobody wants to be angry. But if you watch Inside Out, a movie that I recommend every child, parent, adult, everyone should watch because it's so relevant to just how the brain works, how emotions work, and how you need to feel your feelings. Because if you don't, it'll fester into action. Unnecessary action, unthought about, unplanned, unprovoked, just terrible actions at most. So, without feeling your feelings, without expressing your feelings, without speaking on your feelings to the person who's making you feel that way, it'll just sit. And rot. And that's not healthy for anyone in any situation. That's number one. That's what I have to say about expectations. So if you have expectations of someone, you need to A, let that be known. That's one thing I pride myself on in all of my relationships. From middle school, if I wanted something from that person, or if I wanted somebody to do something, or if I expected a certain amount of behavior, a certain type of behavior, I will tell them I'll tell them that and I'll ask them is that a realistic expectation of you is that something that I should expect you to do sometimes it's yes sometimes it's no sometimes it's no but because I know you're expecting me to I will because you let me know what you're expecting me to do so now that I know it and I'm willing to do it I'll just do it simple It can just really... You can fix so many issues by just opening up your mouth and letting your thoughts be known. Letting your feelings be known. So, that's just one part of expectations, I should say. Another thing. Don't have unrealistic expectations. Like, it's cool to dream. It's cool to fantasize. And... It's just fun to think about what if, you know, don't, don't put those unnecessary, unrealistic expectations on a mere human being who's living the same life, struggling the same way that you are. Like, I don't know. Maybe sometimes people forget because you got to think about it. Everyone is the main character in their own movie of life. I cannot hear your thoughts. I can only hear the narration of my life in my head. So I don't know how you're thinking. Why would you expect someone to know how you're thinking then? Why would I expect someone to know how I'm thinking and then move accordingly to how I'm thinking, especially when I'm should not be the first person on their mind. You should always be the first person on your mind. You should always be doing something that either a benefits you b something you enjoy see something you want to do just out of the goodness of your heart like just something for you something that makes you feel good makes you feel comfortable something for you if you want to do things for other people sure but do not expect people to do certain things for you do not expect someone to walk five miles for you acts of service is one thing but to ask somebody to sit there and do backbreaking labor for free, what? Because they love you? Are you stupid? Are you dumb? I don't understand. Would you? So then why would you expect someone else? That's one thing I've always asked my you know grandmother because my grandmother and I we we have an interesting relationship to say the least, but she would always expect me to do things and I'm like, would you do that? And nine times out of the ten, it's no. So why in the hell would you expect you to do something? If you don't expect you to do it because you don't want to, why would you think I want to? And why would you think I would do it without being asked? Like, do you want to wash the dishes? No. Do I want to wash the dishes? Hell no. Will I wash the dishes if you ask me? Of course. Simple things of that nature. Stop having expectations of people that you wouldn't even have for yourself. Stop expecting people to be better than you want them to be. Stop expecting people to be as good as you are. You can only control yourself. Simple as that. So don't have too high of expectations of people who aren't you your sky is the limit expectations sure make them apply to you make them apply to that job that you want to get if you want to be a sumo wrestler go do that shit even if you're one pound i don't care go and make that happen for you but do not expect anyone to do something that you want especially if you did not tell them to it's just not gonna happen and if it does more power to you but nine times out of ten i'm not thinking that's gonna happen um but yeah next part on that would probably be if somebody isn't meeting your expectations on a constant basis maybe that person just isn't for you not romantically necessarily But like, you know, it obviously does also apply, but not romantically all the time. Even friendship wise, if you have certain basic expectations, like, oh, well, I would expect my friend to say happy birthday because it's my friend and it's my birthday. I understand if maybe you don't take your birthday seriously, but still you could say happy birthday or I expect my friends to, you know. Not judge me if I were to come to them with a topic or issue or anything like that. I would expect my friends to be a shoulder to cry on. Things that would, I think that most people would expect in friendship. But also you got to know your friends. If they're not doing that, you have certain friends for certain things. Like for example, I would expect, you know, one of my best friends that I've known for 15 years to drop of a hat listen to what I have to say if she's not busy because I know that she's a busy person would I expect her to always have that time hell no why would I do that knowing who she is it doesn't make any sense for me I understand I'm her best friend I understand that we've we have so much love for each other so much respect for each other would do anything for each other but to expect her to find time out of her busy schedule to not only deal with her life, but then listen to my life, that's just unrealistic. Other friends who I know have less things to do or less responsibilities or just more time or are just more talkative, of course I would expect that. Now, let's say you have a friend who, you know, is all those things, super supportive, super talkative. If they're only doing that, when it comes to you benefiting them and you're expecting them to return favors that person may not be for you and then if you want to put it to a spouse situation if you're expecting your spouse or partner to always be or better yet not always I don't like the word always or forever or anything like that where it has to be a very infinite or definite situation but let's say you expect your person of interest to pick you up from the airport because who wants to take the train from the airport you know that's if you live in the state but who wants to do that no one uh and they don't it's like oh well okay well why not nah I just don't really want to do that like that's mad work maybe that person's not for you I understand that could be okay for some people but if that's not what is working for you, then stop messing with that person. If you're no, you're a type of person, you like to be on the phone all the time. It's something you like, something you enjoy. It's just a core value for you where you like to be in contact with your person of interest multiple times throughout the day, more times than not. You know, obviously be mindful of somebody being busy or be mindful of just, you know, asking for too much. But if they can't even pick up, if they can go hours and hours and hours without talking to you with no explanations whatsoever and feeling that there's nothing wrong with that, but you feel something is wrong with that, then maybe that person just isn't for you. You guys are not compatible in that way. Your expectations from a, of a relationship are different. Therefore, maybe you should try someone who meets your expectations, who values the same things that you do, who is just compatible. You understand what I mean? I hope you guys do. I know I just be rambling sometimes and it's just me being here uh, thinking out loud, but hey man I'm tired of talking sometimes gotta get it all out in one place but yeah like just step number one don't expect everyone to do what you do step number two don't expect everyone to want to do what you do don't expect everyone to be like you had to learn that the hard way like I personally know for a fact I'm a good-ass friend I've been a good friend to many people I've been told that I'm a good friend and I just know that one goal as a friend that I always have for myself is to be there and do whatever I can to help make my friend's life a little more convenient just a little better I do it to the best of my ability but you know not every time it works sometimes I don't want to and that's fine, but if fuck, I honestly don't know where I was going with that one, but you know, I'm pretty sure there was a lesson in there somewhere. Anyway, basically, you know, don't expect the best from everyone. Don't do that. Oh yes, oh, I'm so sorry, backtracking. I remember what I was saying. I had to learn the hard way that not everyone will do exactly what you do for them. Like, I remember a specific time, I used to have a best friend in middle school, and like, I loved that girl. I, she used to come to my house every single day, and like, you know, I don't wanna spread her business, but her home life wasn't always the best. And I would always try to be there for her. I would always make sure that just in case of anything, I got her. If she needs to leave the house in the middle of the night, Uh, she can come here to sleep. I didn't want my friends to ever feel like they were in a hopeless situation where they could never turn anywhere. Like, I want to always be the person that somebody can at least turn to. Obviously, I can't ensure that every time, but to the best of my ability, when I know I can, I will. So that's basically what I was for her. She ended up basically living with me for... A really long time honestly like she would always be at my house if not every day every other day and you know my mom she's such a gracious woman I don't know how she deals with me because I'm a very like giving person I like to just invite everyone over I want to just be I don't know a home to everybody and she just grins and bears it really props to you shout out to you mom because I and terrible like if the person doesn't know that they're doing something wrong they will never do what they need to do to correct it there will never be anything to work on because of the fact that they don't know anything is wrong so no matter what even if you don't say it right away say it don't say well it's too late now no because when people do that you're not i actually made a tweet about it this week like move not speaking on something or avoiding the topic is not moving on moving on is getting through it the same way you move on from high school you move on from college you move on from kindergarten you get through it you can't just oh well we won't talk about it i'll move on no take your time it's not going anywhere time is really it's fleeting yes But I promise you, you aren't going to die if you take a couple minutes to think about it. You're not going to die in that moment. And more times than not, you feel worse when you harbor bad feelings. Because now it's just sitting there pent up. And you're just thinking about it. And you're getting mad over and over again. That's never good. For anyone in any situation. Constantly keeping in your anger keeping in your emotions not speaking on your feelings it just will never be something that's healthy for people it's never going to be something that you know helps a situation it should it shouldn't always be you know and obviously I do not mean speak on your trauma at all times which is what I'm going to dive more into in the next segment but it's more so to say that, like, let me try and use an example. I feel like I feel better explaining things with examples and analogies. But yes, so I did that for this girl and she, like, after years of being friends and whatnot, moral of the story is she ended up stealing my phone out my house now the details of which aren't necessarily important because the end result was really what it was and it was a uh to my knowledge a theft because i never really got a story for why it happened or how it happened and i never got the phone back so it was a theft caught a zoe my l move on but you know uh I realized that push comes to shove. Well, push did come to shove and she didn't show me the same decency or respect that I had for her. And, you know, it was terrible. I felt used. I felt betrayed. I cried because not only was I losing a phone, felt hurt. I was now losing a friend who I've had had for multiple years, had told all my secrets to, done everything with, and it was very unexpected. And, you know, breakups are hard, but losing a friend is ridiculous. It it makes you feel like, who are you going to speak to now? Like, who is the per- what If something happens, what am I going to say now? And to who? Exactly. Disgusting. So, you know, I went through the period of grief and all that stuff and now I'm fine because I'm older and I've I went through my emotions I let it all out I spoke on it and I'm better now but you know I, sorry. So in the middle of that last segment, I got a phone call and it cut off. But this is part two. And truly and honestly, I don't remember what I was talking about in the first part. So I basically just feel like you just can't expect people to do things. Oh, and you know, I want to speak about how trauma, as I v- and submerge into that, I feel like trauma can put low expectations about certain things in people's heads. So, for example, um, a lot of people that I know have said on multiple occasions that they do not think that they'll ever get into a relationship of any sort simply because of a past relationship or like you know not having much success with their relationships in the past like for example like a friend of mine told me that they don't they try their best not to get attached to people because of the simple fact that when they've been attached to others in the past they felt like they just leave so she would more or less dissociate herself from the relationship almost entirely in fear that she would be abandoned and that's you know trauma trauma isn't always yeah i just want to start that off real quick sorry about all the tangents but you know what you signed up for in the disclaimer i feel like when people hear the word trauma there are things that come into their head can be medical oh my gosh i you know got ran into by a car trauma patient or they could think oh my gosh I was molested as a child trauma or they could even think wow my dad beat me trauma like those are usually those are trauma 100 real trauma (laughs) real but there's so much more the same way that I'm sorry y'all I feel like I bring it up at least once an episode but it just fits into too many things so well. And that's the real issue. But racism, racism can be something as minuscule as laughing at a racist meme. Why is that funny? Because they're black? That's racist. I'm not saying that you are necessarily a flat out rednecked, you know, all eyes matter hillbilly you know lynching racist but that was a racist thing to do that was racist simple and um I just feel like a lot of the time people will downplay their trauma because it's not one of the heavy hitter headliner type traumas where they weren't you know abused or sexually molested or put into a very traumatizingly obvious situation like they weren't locked in a closet by their mom so of course my trauma of my dad not being around isn't real so many people have that happen to them so it can't be traumatic since so many people have it anything can be traumatic you can have PTSD from anything not well I'm sorry that's a misspeaking not anything but if it's something that has affected you in a serious way and you know sometimes the best way to figure out if something is traumatic if when you think about it you feel bad or you may not even remember it sometimes like you may just be thinking like oh shoot I kind of forgot that when I was younger my aunt punched me in my face because I said I was gay whoopsie like you (laughs) that's something and it's very real and it's very traumatic and because it had nothing to do with you know a federal crime it wasn't or because you didn't go to war it wasn't because you're not a quote-unquote survivor it wasn't no that's so untrue that narrative needs to be displaced and thrown in the garbage trauma can come from so many things and it can affect you in so many ways there are different levels to trauma a hundred percent there are things that are traumatizing to the point where people could be shaken with fear you know just truthfully in a terrible mindset but there could be trauma from for example my ex-boyfriend whenever i would suggest going somewhere he would laugh it off as if it was a joke so i never expected anyone to actually take me on a vacation it's not you know the same terrible trauma but it is a traumatizing thing if it happens so much that it's now affecting how you think about other things simple like for example I have trauma, uh, lots of different types of trauma, but one example of my traumas is, well, the main big obvious one, is I was in a car accident in 2016 when I broke my femur. And like, the driver was a close friend to me. Well, she is still, you know, a friend to me, but she was driving and she, you know, took a little snooze, Behind the wheel, and more of the story is, you know, pace yourself. But it basically resulted in me breaking my leg. And it was my senior year of high school, so that's not necessarily the time that anybody wants to be going through any major reconstructive surgery or walking around with a cane. And that definitely traumatized me, not in like a self-esteem way necessarily but more of like if a car even sounds like it's going too fast I will clench my seat so hard that I may break my nail like I get so uneasy about being in cars that are going at either constant velocity or accelerating past 35 it just feels like I'm about to die you know adrenaline rush is at a thousand i just truly feel so much anxiety in my body it makes me want to get out the car and i know i cannot do that which is why i've been working on it i've been trying to find you know ways to kind of cope with it you know i've tried counting i've tried saying the alphabet so far i just find that me saying okay 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 and grabbing the handle helps a little bit but obviously I'm gonna have to find something a little more stable um I so you know like that's something that was traumatic to me and that's how it affected my everyday life now on um a smaller thing that happened to me with trauma or that was quote-unquote traumatizing was when I was a child, I still was a child. I had to be in middle school, I guess. Basically, I had gotten myself, I didn't told anybody about this, so if you're listening to this and you think you know, adult or child, you know, this is a long time ago. I'm not over it, but you know, it's not happening now, I've grown, it's terrible, but life goes on, and, you know, I trust you, so if I'm letting you into my space, letting you hear what I have to say, please don't judge me on it, and if you do, hit the door, I don't care, just stop listening, it will not take anything away from me, no money out my pockets, nothing at all, uh, but basically when i was around like 11 or 12 i had gotten deep into omegle which is basically if you don't know a random video chat site i know it just sounds terrible right but it for real though a lot of children used it and it wasn't always well i'm lying i was gonna say it wasn't always creepy there was at least like 10 dicks per frame but it was just something that we did the internet was popping and then parents didn't necessarily know how to supervise it yet so we was just having a free-for-all and more or less i got into this weird online i don't even want to call it a relationship but just a weird thing with this dude this white guy from europe and basically he was just getting me to you know do things for him on video camera and like all dumb all dumb i know i know i know i know i was there i was i was there but now we're here and that was something that for a very long time i didn't even realize it but i did i blacked it out i still do while talking about it right now i try it more so in blips i don't like to think about the entire thing because i felt very disgusting while i was doing it like not disgusting in the sense of me doing something sexual but just the fact that this white man was instructing me a 12 year old to do things like that i just felt like i was doing something wrong but i also felt i couldn't not do it or else he was gonna get me in trouble somehow i don't know it was a lot of stuff going on i was alone in the house i wasn't doing it well i wasn't alone but i was bored school was over and i don't have any Siblings that live with me, so I wasn't doing anything at all. I don't even think I had friends yet because I had just moved to New York, so I was just really, really bored. And the internet was where I turned to solace. And you know, bad things happen on the internet every day. I lived and life continued, and it'll hopefully continue forever. But basically, something like that happened, and you know, it really did traumatize me, it made me feel a weird way and it also kind of put me at a i don't know i haven't really fully unpacked this yet or spoken to anyone about it so i don't necessarily know how it's affected me now but i do know that i do not trust white men and it's not only because of like the fact that racism exists it's probably also because of that too and i also have now a weird dislike for men who feel like they can tell me what to do and it's terrible it could be literally the smallest thing ever like i remember one time i was talking to someone and i was telling them that i was playing sims and i wasn't talking to them sexually or anything i just spoke to them and it was a male and he basically was like oh my gosh you should try some game i don't remember you would love it and something as simple as that just made me so angry i was like don't tell me what i would love why the hell you don't even know me how do you know what i love you this game and that game have nothing to do with each other how would i love that that's so like i got so angry and i didn't say anything to him i just kind of ranted to myself slash my friend tolu because, you know, kill all men forever, but, like, I was just so angry by it, and I'm pretty sure it was because that guy used to instruct me to do whatever he wanted me to do, and that's honestly the first time I've said that out loud, so, you know, maybe this podcast is making some breakthroughs for me, who knows, just for me anyway, so, yeah, um, like trauma could be anything and the way that it affects expectations so for example i did not really have i wouldn't say i didn't have the best relationship with my dad but i do know the relationship that i had with him in my head was not accurate to the one that i had with him in person like i had always assumed that oh like you know My dad just lives there and I live here and, you know, we're cool. But as I got older, I started processing how I was actually feeling instead of how I was telling myself that I felt. And I, you know, realized that I had put a lot of low expectations on my father and quite frankly, men because of that. Like I had been like, well, you know, he did the bare minimum, so I'm okay with that. And I now know growing up that it's not okay to do the bare minimum. Like I understand that's the least you could do and I guess I'd be okay if you don't necessarily owe me anything or like you know, we're not in any type of relationship for you to just be doing the bare minimum, but like I realize I missed out on a lot of opportunities because of the fact that I only had the bare minimum of a relationship with you know, not the bare minimum. I'm lying. There could be... You know what? You see what I was just about to do to myself? It was the bare minimum. There has been worse done to other people. But it does not take away from the fact that I also had a not-so-great experience. I was basically about to... um, I was basically about to discredit what I was gonna say when it came to my trauma of that of you know the relationship of my dad not being what it should have been and I just had to correct myself because I shouldn't do that my feelings are valid because those real things did happen and you know I feel like it's important to always reassure myself that I have those feelings for a reason and those feelings are a hundred percent real so yes he did the bare minimum um sometimes he would go a little above and beyond or give me a little extra i should say and i felt very special in those moments and then i realized i kind of carried that on to all of my relationships i felt like if he did even a little over the bare minimum of niceness or common decency to me he was in love and he deserved the world he deserved me he deserved my body he deserved everything that I do for people which as I've already expressed is a lot and if you're my friend and you can testify to this you know use that new voice message period and send it in and I'll play it in the next episode but basically I just feel like It really, like, I allowed a lot of disrespect to happen, not only because of my insecurities about my weight, but also because of the fact that I didn't know what it was like to be treated correctly by a man. Like, not to say my father disrespected me or anything or didn't treat me correctly when he did see me. It's just more so on a regular basis, I just saw my mom, so I knew how my mom had raised me, and I knew how to be a good woman, I knew, you know, what to do to carry myself, present myself properly, make sure that I did what I, I did what I needed to do to be heard in this world, make, get my shot, because I'm not throwing away, period, hashtag Hamilton, and you know she did what she was supposed to do as a mother to me but in the father department what is she supposed to do she's not a man she's never been a man unless you know there's something i don't know which is also fine you know if you feel like you need to talk talk but she couldn't have told me how a man is supposed to treat me or show me rather than not tell me. She did tell me how a man is supposed to treat me, but to show me and make me believe that I was worth it because it had happened to me. I had never had that happen from a man. My mom did everything that she could to make sure like every Valentine's Day, she would get me a stuffed animal to be like, "This is what you should deserve. This is what you deserve. You deserve to be made to feel special on a day like this because that's what this day is about." And You know, every birthday, she would go all out, make sure that I got exactly what I wanted. She would make sure that the day was truly and honestly about me. And that always made me feel special. And it was hard for me as a young child to feel special all the time. Like, I remember who, honestly, who Chile. As I'm talking about trauma, I'm like kind of remembering a bit of the traumatizing things that happened to me when I was a child or that I did. Or just, you know, me not going through my emotions and just acting on my emotions rather than speaking on them or thinking about them. You know, for one time, there was a daddy-daughter dance that my school was hosting. And I ripped up the application and then started burning my baby photos. And it was because I felt, you know, like, one i felt angry because i was like how the fuck would they give me this knowing i don't have a dad and then like everyone else was going with their dad and like you know you know it's still a typical back school in york so not everyone had their father with them but like people who did had their father and they were having a grand old time and i did not want to go like i did but I wanted to go with my father. Like my mom was like, "Why'd you do that? You could have asked your uncle." By the way, the uncle she's gonna ask me to ask. I'm sorry. This is just a quick tangent. I'm promise you, I'm gonna get back. This man, after spending two months with him in quarantine, I, I love him even more than I already did. Like he's just a so, like a simple man with a kind soul wonderful heart very just he's a man of few words but his heart shines so bright he doesn't need to speak like he's just so amazing like honestly if i i feel like if we would have grown up in either closer proximity or you know just i don't know probably just closer proximity i'm not gonna hold you we he would have been you know a really good father figure to have not to say that he wasn't because he was he was a very important man in my life and he made sure that you know he spoke to me and took me places like he used to take me to oh man wow really thinking about it he's taking to the fair every single year and he used to just have little outings with me and just make sure that I knew that I was loved and just tried to make me feel as special as possible but I was like well he's my He's my uncle. Of course he's going to make me feel that way. And I guess it just never translated. But my mom basically asked me to go with him. Like She was like, oh, you could have went with your uncle. He would have easily taken you. He would have been so happy to take you. And I just was so... And I just was so angry that I was like, no, if I'm not gonna go with my father, who is my father to the daddy-daughter dance, I'm not gonna go at all. And I was just, at the time, I don't think my, oh yes, okay, let me just address this now because I keep forgetting. So when I say I'm an own child, that is not true at all. I do have siblings. It's just, I am the only sibling that lives with my mother because I'm the only child from my mother and i you know have lived as an only child for all my life like i've never lived with siblings i've visited them and you know stayed for the summer with them and all that stuff but like i've never lived a life with siblings in my house for more than maybe what like we spent maybe three months together at one time max i don't know but yeah so like I have a brother and I have two sisters one of them passed when I was very young well I'm the oldest so I was the first ever but she passed you know when she was still a child and like at that time my sister that is still with us she was not alive yet and the other sister was still alive so in my head you know being a child being all sick and twisted and depressed and you know because my mother was by herself in the you know as in not having a two-parent household she would be at work a lot because she has to pay bills and work and be a mother and put food on the table and be a responsible wonderful working woman that she was and that's on period exactly and um so she would be gone and i don't have any siblings and i'm the oldest so i would usually if my grandmother wasn't watching me i would just do what i had to do survive and whatnot and um i basically in my head i had gotten extremely jealous because to me you know she had stole my dad obviously that's not true duh but like at the time all I knew was that I had a dad and he was with her and not me what else am I supposed to think so I thought she stole my dad and so it's not that I never had I never had anything against her per se but I was just jealous of the fact that she had my dad and I didn't like nothing was I had no animosity towards her and I was a child so I don't necessarily I think I met her They told me that I've met her a bunch of times and, you know, we've seen each other, spent time together a bunch of times. But I truly was, what, five maybe and or younger. So I don't remember. But like, that's just all I knew of my sister. And I knew that she passed. I don't remember when that happened. Like, I don't remember when they told me that she did, but I've always known that she had passed at a young age. So all I knew in my head was that this girl had my dad and I did not. Then, you know, my siblings that are, you know, still here with us, they came to be. And that's when I started going to his house and, you know, spending summers over there or like just spending time over there. And I just felt like I was... I don't know I don't want to say not welcome Well definitely some people I was not welcome But Other people I just felt like I Was an outsider like it felt like I was Being invited To dinner with this family But I'm not Really you know I'm not part of it and they did their best or at least you know that's what i feel in my opinion that they did their best to make me feel like i was a part of the family and try and always include me but it just didn't necessarily work all the time and it would make me feel just i don't know out of place because i had lived in new york By that time, I believe, or even when I was in Jersey, they would just kind of make me, I would always be shy. Like as a child, oh, you would not ever think in your life that me as a child would start a podcast because any family member could tell you, I didn't speak at all. Don't know why. I thought that it was illegal. I thought that I would get in trouble my apologies this episode is just all over the place I don't know why people just keep calling me and it's late so I don't know why but regardless what I was saying before was that no one made me feel that I couldn't speak I just personally was very shy and you know spending all my time either with my mom or by myself I just didn't feel the need to speak when I could just think didn't seem that big of a deal And I just also just didn't like to ask people to do anything for me. Like, I just was very shy to the back, to myself. Almost like a doormat. But, you know, here I am. Years later. And, um... But, yeah, like, I just always felt like an outsider. And because of that, I always expected to feel like an outsider. Like, I always felt expected that in any situation that i would be in i would most likely end up being an outsider i would always just be pretty just confused on why i was being treated in that way um i but like all this to say basically like just because of all the little things and this one idea of you know my dad just not being there i it led to so many issues it led to how i dealt with friendship issues it led to how i dealt with men like daddy issues is a real thing guys it's not a meme it's not a joke it's funny when it is a meme and a joke but it's dead not funny like it's it's bad i just remember wow like At the time, I real life thought I was doing something. I thought I was out here looking like a a grown woman making all these big decisions. Like, yeah, I'm smart. Yeah. Yeah, I do the... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I was really out here sitting here doing something. And I was real life getting stepped on by these little boys. They little little two pump pee's like i was just in here being used but i was using them too but it's still not good like none of it came from a healthy place none of it was like beneficial to me really except for like you know intercourse feels nice but like it wasn't beneficial to me in a like i if i wanted that i could have got it from a much better source a much more loving source like, honestly, I I remember, like, feeling guilty being with my first boyfriend. Like, this is not the reason why we stopped dating. But I just remember feeling so guilty for my first boyfriend because he, wa- he gave me the world. Like, oh, my gosh, that boy did every single thing for me. And honestly, I doubt it. But if you ever find this and you're listening, you know, thanks for treating me really good I just I just didn't really like you and it's not that you were the issue necessarily I just didn't want that relationship anymore but yeah like he would treat me very well he would get me whatever I wanted be just like so happy and willing to go the extra mile for me and I would just always be so confused I'm like what like what do you mean you like me As in, you like me, like me. Like, no, you like my ass, and you want... I just sincerely want to apologize in case I don't fix this. Because I am going to try and fix this. Like, just letting this be known. I'm going to attempt to fix this whole multiple parts problem but my phone keeps ringing and every time it rings it just stops the recording i wish there was a way that i could like pause and come back to it but that doesn't seem possible and unless it is until i figure out how and if i don't figure it out how by the time this thing's supposed to be posted then i am sorry but yes it just affected how I dealt with men it affected how it still affects it you know definitely I can see it sometimes but I'm working away from it I'm trying to not think about it I definitely affected me in my last relationship completely that dude was a lot like my father and I did not I realized it because they had like a lot of the same interests and like I remember one time they both said the same thing about the same thing that I had said. And I wanted to literally puke in my mouth like it was disgusting. And more or less, I, I just can tell that the trauma that, you know, I experienced when dealing with my father was it affected me and it will affect you all trauma affects the person that has it so you know i just instead of really talking about what trauma was and how to deal with it because honestly i'm not fully sure how to deal with it yet once i find out i'll probably make a part two and i'll probably come back and discuss it but as of right now what i try to do when it comes to trauma i just try my best to acknowledge it because again avoiding it is not moving on I do my best to acknowledge it not to everyone I don't speak on it to the world all the time I don't there's a lot of stuff that I didn't tell you guys but you know I don't do it all I just I acknowledge it I try to recognize it and I try my best to, you know, learn from my mistakes, take what I've learned from that trauma, apply it to future endeavors, just to make sure that I may I can as any do anything that I can to not have that happen to me again. I just feel like if I were to tell you anything other than that it would just be me talking out my ass you know I really did start this episode thinking that I was gonna just talk about trauma and how oh wait well I still do need to talk about how expectations and trauma go hand in hand but I ended up spilling the beans about myself and truly that was the goal with this podcast for me to just start talking out loud because I think a lot and you know if I'm the only one here I don't necessarily speak out loud to myself So, and, but there are times where I feel like saying something out loud does help. Like, even if I'm alone, saying it out loud makes it real, makes me have to face it, makes it the honest truth, makes me just, it almost makes it physical in a sense. It makes the words physical. It makes the sentence physical. It just makes it It just makes it a real thing that I have to now see, I have to now acknowledge, and I know exists. And other than that, I just, you know. It can cause a riff in how they see other relationships in their life and it can cause unhealthy expectations of somebody automatically going to leave I was gonna try and fix it but I tried and it did not work so I'm just gonna try my best to wrap up the trauma part and speak on the two so at the end of the last one I believe I was speaking about how you know I ended up speaking on my trauma more than trauma itself and honestly I feel like I'm in a better place now um, I'm a little less angry a little less angry than I was, and you know, I kind of want to speak on something that I went through this week. More or less, I, you know, was having some issues with my friend, my one of my best friends, and like I just didn't know how to speak on it. Mainly because I've always had friendship trauma. I've always had, a like, someone who would have been my closest friend, my best friend, and for some reason, they would leave. Like, it would either become, come super fast, or it would come really, really slow, and I I would just feel myself being left in the tracks. I would you know, notice little signs, little red flags, if you would, about how they would start moving a little different, or they would stop speaking to me as much, maybe even, you know, like, stop inviting me to things, just more or less, I could see where the friendship would be headed. And ever since then ever since like middle school basically I've had that happen to me maybe once a year maybe once every couple months I don't really have a time tracker on it but I've always felt it and every time it does happen I feel it I acknowledge it I see it I feel terrible about it but I feel like there's nothing I can do because I don't ever want to force someone to want to be my friend like that's not what I'm here for plus I'm not a terrible person and I know that with my entire heart so I know that me losing this friend may be something with them maybe just us not connecting but I know it's not that I've you know been terrible to them or I've done something terrible to them and even though that has happened before I have been the reason for the um either end of a friendship or um I've hurt a friend, I've always done my best to try and, you know, fix it, or even if I don't fix it or it just gets fixed naturally, I'll try my best to acknowledge the wrongdoing that I did and apologize for it the best way that I can. You know, I just feel like taking responsibility for my actions is step one of any type of Situation: Any fixing of any relationship has to come with taking responsibility for your actions. And, you know, that trauma has kind of applied to how I react to friendship issues now. It can feel a little scary when things don't go necessarily right, especially when it's me feeling away and I don't know how to address it because I don't ever want to feel like I'm pushing someone away. But I know that I could be feeling crazy about whatever it is that I'm feeling. And I just, you know, it just takes it's a really bad roller coaster that my mind goes through when I'm trying to figure out how I actually feel, especially when it comes to platonic relationships. And, you know, I was going through something like that this week. It's all worked out now. And like we spoke and discussed and we realized we weren't communicating the way that we should have been. But, you know, like, we're good now. And it makes me feel better. My week was kind of terrible. Not terrible. I'm not going to lie. It was not terrible. But my week wasn't as good as I would have liked it to be. But it feels better now that things have been resolved. And I don't have that icky feeling deep down in my body anymore. Because I know that I have the security of a relationship. I feel like security is something that also gets affected by trauma a lot insecurity has nothing necessarily to do with how you feel with about yourself all the time like it could just be the fact that you aren't sure how you fit into something or you're not sure if this person feels the way that they say based on their actions based on their body language based on just the words that they say or choose to say to you and it's like that can make you feel icky inside that can make you feel like you're doing something wrong it can make you feel like you're in a high school classroom and you just said the wrong answer so confidently with your arm up like it can make you feel terrible and when people are in trauma are used to relationships that are insecure or you know unsure about what's going on in their partner's head like I specifically remember one of my friends who told me she didn't like to be attached to people and I'm like because she was like they'd always leave so before they leave I won't even get attached And I would say, wow, like, that's not good at all. How are you going to have a relationship with someone when you don't believe in the relationship before it's even started? Friendship-wise, romantically, family-wise, like, it just, it's not, it's, when any plan is set to fail, then of course it will. Nothing can succeed when failure is expected. Um... But, yeah, since I... This episode is kind of everywhere, and I'm really sorry about that. It was just a lot of technical difficulties. But, you know, hopefully I didn't repeat too much, or hopefully things make sense. And if not, then I might just repeat this episode in a better way and then delete this one. But if you like it, you know, leave me a voice message. Let me know if it's good or bad or anything like that, period. Um, so I feel like... To end trauma and expectations, I feel like the only real way is to speak on forgiveness briefly. Um, I feel like forgiveness is one thing I've always, you know, thought of in detail because I personally do not believe that you need to forgive everyone. I don't believe that you need forgiveness to move on. I feel like maybe you can forgive yourself for allowing yourself to be in a situation because a lot of the times like for example if a boyfriend cheats on us or even if a friend takes advantage of us we are like how could I be so stupid how could I you know allow myself to be in a situation where I could get hurt like this and that's not your fault you have no obligation to someone else you have no responsibility over someone else's wrongdoings you should always go into each relationship like a blank slate i've always believed that not to say don't you know notice red flags or um obvious terrible behavior or maybe even patterns of behavior but always go into a new situation each person you ever meet should be a blank slate and i believe that you know just because someone in the past has done something wrong to you and it's taking a little while for you to get over the thing that was done to you doesn't mean that forgiving them will either a make you move on any faster or b do necessarily anything physically to you to allow you to move on like it forgiveness is something that you can choose to give to whoever you want to but personally i haven't forgiven a lot of people for the things that they've done do i think about them and dwell on it and carry that anger in my heart of course not of course not i've moved on in my own way i've forgiven myself for you know either allowing myself in the situation, allowing myself to be used, allowing myself to go back. I've had to forgive myself for um, seeing wrong things and uh, continuing to stay. I've forgiven myself for, you know, not thinking of myself, not putting myself first as I know that I should. I've done that multiple times. And if you would like to forgive someone, for example, Like, for example, if I were to say something rude or maybe say or do something that is not nice to you and I either don't realize or I do it intentionally, that's also something I feel like is a factor in forgiveness. You should know You can kind of tell if somebody's done something intentionally or if they've done it by accident. Because um, when someone does something intentionally wrong to you, there are either ways that you know that it's specific. Like, for example, when somebody steals from you, that's nine times out of ten intentional. But if somebody says something that can either trigger a you know, insecurity or feels like it's been kind of low-key bullying you, that could be completely unintentional. And so, you know, it's up to you to decide whether or not you believe it is or it isn't. And it's also up to you to bring it up to that person and actually, you know, work that out or not. Because sometimes you don't really need to. Sometimes that person keeps bullying you and they bring nothing else to your life. You don't need bullies in your life. That's all and you don't need to forgive them especially if they're bullies like why what do you for that's the thing about forgiveness what do I gain other than hopefully a reconnection of an old relationship that could be good for me if I'm forgiving you and you just move on in your life you could have moved on in your life without that some people need forgiveness to you know use something to symbolically close a chapter of their life or you know symbolically let someone go but personally there are so many people who just walk and live and breathe in this earth who have never said sorry to me for the things that they've done so I feel no reason to necessarily forgive them but they don't sit in my brain they don't put fear in my heart they don't do anything to me they're just living their lives the way that they're choosing to and I'm continuing with mine being happy on my own. They, you know, I'm not harboring hate. But I'm definitely not, you know, taking away my struggles with them. I'm not forgiving that. Because they haven't done anything to deserve my forgiveness. They haven't even asked for it. But life will continue to go on the world will continue to spin and you will continue to live you will move on no matter how much time it takes you will live you will live a lot of the times feels like at any inconvenience your life will completely change it probably will and That's what happens. Life changes. You go from middle school to high school. Life did a big ass change. And now you're fine. It's okay to let things happen. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay to feel trauma. It's okay. It's okay. But... More or less, that's all I really have to say on the subject. Forgive if you want to, don't expect too much, and your trauma will probably always be there. So acknowledge it, see it, know it, become one with it, because it's not gonna go away, but you will have to live with it. Learn, adapt, and grow. Always should be the driving force of your life to learn adapt and grow it's what makes us humans it's what makes us different it's just what makes us who we are it's what evolving is it's learning adapting and growing and that's what i think we should all work on this week so yay uh, and again sorry about this episode it is so just choppy this Disgusting, you know? Ugh, bad, Kristen. But next week will be better. And if you have any topics at all that you want me to speak on or like touch on, or even if you're having like a specific issue that you want advice for, I'll keep it as vague as possible and I'll speak to it. Just, you know, <laughs> leave me a voice message or whatever. But all right. Bye. <music>